Continue with our second part of our study of Samson. We're doing faith walkers on Sunday evenings. Started in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 where heroes of faith are listed. And have selected a number of those to talk about. And we'll cover a few that aren't mentioned in Hebrews 11, I'm sure, as we go along this this year on Sunday evenings. But Samson is one that was mentioned, uh, altogether, although briefly mentioned. Uh, in fact, the writer of Hebrews said, I really don't have time to talk about Samson, uh, along with some of the other judges and other heroes of faith. So he briefly mentions him. And uh, that's why we're only spending two nights on him, although he does have a very interesting story. Uh, Samson, like I said last Sunday night, kind of a confusing character, at least confusing to me. I don't know if the rest of you are bothered by him or not, but Samson's always portrayed as a hero. uh, But there's so many things he did wrong, at least in my sight, uh, that I can't quite think of him as a hero. And that's why I entitled this lesson, uh, Samson Hero or Failure. Uh, I know God mentions him in the heroes of faith, so he did something good, and uh, maybe exactly what God wanted, but it, it just seems to have failed in a, a number of ways. Uh, the period that we're in here is the period of the judges, and we talked about that a little bit, how that worked. Uh, the Israelites, when they got into the promised land, were supposed to drive out all of the pagan people, uh, destroy them or drive them out, and they didn't do that. And so they had problems from then on. Uh, the pagans, the Philistines, and the others were a thorn in their side and continually oppressed them, and then they'd cry for relief from God, and he would raise up a judge or a savior or a, a deliverer, that would beat the uh, enemy back for a while and give them a period of relief. And then the people would start misbehaving again and the bad guys would come back. And that's the way the book of Judges went, up and down, up and down. Samson was one of those deliverers. And it says at the start of his story that he was supposed to begin to deliver the people from the Philistines. So maybe he did exactly what God wanted him to I'm not sure, but we talked last week about how he had such a great beginning. An angel announced his birth. That was pretty rare in the Bible. Uh, His parents were great parents. They prayed that they could raise this boy right, and God blessed him. So he had a really good beginning, and what he was supposed to do was be holy. He was a Nazarite. The angel had told his mother that he was to be a uh, take the Nazarite vow, and uh, we discussed that, and that just meant being holy. He had to be set apart for God. Well, he didn't always do that. And uh, at the very least, he didn't accomplish what he could have. Uh, his life ended with the Philistines praising their God, Dagon, uh, instead of Jehovah. So... Uh, that's the way his his story ended, and surely if he would have been holy, uh, if he would have done some of the things he should have, he would have done a better job. But we talked about how he failed, or how I think he failed last week. Uh, tonight, let's go to the second part of the lesson and talk about why he failed. And some of these are supposition, and some of them, I'm sure, they're the right answer, but uh, maybe it'll help us think through our faith walk 
and uh, whether we do as good a job as we could or not. So why Samson failed? And the first one I put down is supposition. Uh, I'm guessing. I think maybe this could be part of the answer. And the maybe that I came up with is that maybe part of his problem was that his parents made the choice for him. We, we don't really read anywhere in his little story about him choosing to follow God. Okay. Now, he did and he trusted in God and all that, but we, we don't find this, this great commitment of him. His is not a story like Saul or the, who became the apostle Paul. Uh, Paul had that Damascus Road experience where he said, whoa. I've been going the wrong way. I, I've decided now I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow Christ. That was a definitive moment. And a lot of the characters that we read about uh, have a time like that or a point where they make the choice. Yeah, this is what I am going to do. We don't read that with Samson. Uh, from his youngest days, whenever he could understand Mama, she told him, now Samson... Uh, you're supposed to deliver us from the Philistines. That, that's what you're going to do because the angel told me that's what you were going to do. And she told him about Jehovah and she told him about angels and she told him all of that. And that's what he grew up with is here's what I'm supposed to do. Now, some of you are thinking of somebody you know or maybe that somebody is sitting where you're sitting that kind of grew up in that condition. Uh, Samson grew up and he may have agreed. He, he may at some point have said, okay, I get it. Uh, I'm God's servant. I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to be holy and I'm going to do the best I can and all of that. But maybe he didn't. Maybe he was just doing what was expected of him. And this isn't a parenting seminar, but that's a dangerous thing. Uh, parents have a real difficult balancing act. Uh, we, you, you've got to set high expectations for your kids. You know, you've got to know that you expect them to do great things and be great servants of God and all that. Every parent does that differently. But you've got to set that expectation, but you've got to be careful that you don't define their whole life for them and say, here's what exactly what you're going to do and who you're going to be and all that. Now, we see a lot of that in this old world, especially in the world of athletics. You see that a lot. A kid that may be talented or may not, but dad wants him to be the greatest second baseman ever or the greatest basketball player or the greatest something. And the kid from day one has got that pounded into him. Okay? Most of the time that doesn't work. There's some kids that survive that and, and rise to the occasion and live up to it and all that. But it cracks a lot of them. Okay? Uh, I went to junior high and high school with a young man that uh, he ended up playing for Wichita State. But when he was in junior high school, he was the best basketball player at that age I think anybody had ever seen. And his dad 
at almost every practice, came and watched and critiqued the kid and, and was on him all the time and expected more and more. And he handled it pretty well. High school, he started to crack a little bit. And in college, he rode the bench a lot. Still had the talent. He just, there was so much pressure on him that he couldn't handle it. That's my analysis, and I think I'm right on that. And we see that a lot. Not just in athletics, but uh, other things too. And it's a little different in the world of religion, because I'm not talking about uh, starting out and telling somebody they got to be the Apostle Paul. But at some point, especially in our religious life, young people... You may have had a great upbringing. Your parents may have set the right expectations and told you all about God and you know every Bible story there is and all that. But at some point, you got to decide if you're going to serve God, and that's different from serving your parents' God, doing what they want you to do. you got to make that decision. And so what I'm saying is maybe Samson didn't make that decision. We've got to choose for ourselves. Uh, second one let's go on to that we'll come back to this and the wrap up a little bit second one now I'm sure of the second one first one I'm just guessing is why he failed the second one I know that he pleased himself I know that he trusted himself because you read through Judges 13 through 16, you just got to read four little chapters there and you can get his whole story. And for instance, in chapter 14 and verse 3, what, what did he tell his parents? He came back after he'd seen the girl that appealed to him over in Philistia, by the way. He came back and he said, I, I want to marry this girl. Okay. If you read that story, his mom and dad said, whoa, that's not a good idea, son. I don't think she's the one for you. If you're supposed to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines, this may not be a good connection. (laughs) It may not be the best plan you ever thought of. What was his response? You get her for me. She pleases me. I'm the one. uh, She's the one I want. So you go get her for me. You make the arrangements. Uh, Not the kind of story about somebody that's humble and uh, serving others and and looking to trust God and letting God work things out in their life. Uh, Samson made the decision. That's what looks good to me. That's what I want. Okay. And all through his story, things happened like that. He, He would get mad. He had a temper. Things wouldn't go his way. Somebody would double cross him or trick him or fool him. He'd go kill a bunch of people. Now, I know we can tell those stories with the flavor that, okay, he's a hero. You know, he's taken out Philistines, and I guess that's good, you know. Dead Philistines are good Philistines. But <laughs> the, the, the purpose of why he did it uh, may be a problem. Yeah. Uh, whether he's doing it at God's command or for God, or trusting in God to help him, or he was completely trusting in his abilities and working off of his lusts and his passions and his anger and, and all of that. Yeah. Compare 
his style with Jesus' style. What did Jesus say he did? He said, I always do what pleases the Father. Always do what pleases the Father. Not always what I want to do. Sometimes I want to do something different, but I always do. That's the decision I finally make is I do what the Father wants me to do. Samson couldn't say that. I don't think Samson could say, I always do what God wants me to do. Because there's so many tales in here of where because of his flesh, his uh, human traits and behavior, he went off and did things he shouldn't do. So maybe part of the problem was he didn't choose his faith himself. Uh, I'm sure part of his problem was that he pleased himself and trusted in himself. And I really know the third one. Uh, he didn't do all he could because he messed with sin. Remember what his task was, was to be holy, be set apart for God. Uh, avoid the fruit of the vine, avoid dead bodies, avoid uh, all human connection and a lot of things he was supposed to avoid. And he didn't. He messed with sin big time. In fact, that's what the whole story is about. Here you read all four chapters, and you can't tell me anything about his 20 years of judgeship. You can't tell me what he did beyond killing a bunch of Philistines. Now, once again, maybe that was the whole purpose uh, in his tenure, but it just doesn't seem right to me. Uh, the whole story is about girls and fights. <laughs> That's what he was into. It was women and fighting with people. And showing what he could do. Uh, and in every story that you read as they progress through there up to the final bad one, uh, he always handled it. He always got out of it. You know, I've told you young people before that, that you know, sin is, is tricky. Sometimes you get away with it. Sometimes nobody finds out. Sometimes somebody else has to suffer for it. Sometimes you suffer for something that you didn't even do wrong. You know, sin's tricky business. But Samson got away with it so many times. He just kept doing things. He'd go, go to the Philistines and pick a woman. He'd go pick a prostitute. He'd mess around with Delilah. And he just kept getting out of it. I imagine he kept thinking that I'll always get out of it. That's the way sin works. You get convinced that, okay, I got away with it last time. I can get away with it this time. And so he kept getting away with it. Remember the one time where he was in their city and he knew they were coming for him. And he didn't worry about it. He let them lock the gates on him. You would think... Well, they're all closing in on me. I better get out of here before they lock the gates. Gates were no problem. It's the way he thought. I can make my way out of this one. And he did. He got up, tore the gates off the hinges, went over and stuck them on a hill just to show off and got away. So he kept getting away. He kept getting away with it. Uh, And sin's fun. 
I told you young people that too. Samson had a good time, I'm sure. But he kept getting away with it, and it kept taking him further and further toward the ultimate conclusion. And sin will do that. It'll take you further than you want to go. You think you're getting away with it. But eventually it's going to catch up to you. And it eventually caught up with Samson. We talked about that last time. Uh, Delilah finally got the truth out of him after nagging and nagging. Uh, she found out that cutting his hair would violate his vow and uh, God would not empower him after that. And that's what happened. But it's interesting to read what Samson thought. Remember when he got up from the bad nap uh, with his hair cut? It says he jumped up. He was ready for action. He's going to whip him again. Because he had always got out of it. He jumped up and he was unaware. He didn't know that the Lord had departed him. He didn't know this was it. This was the, the final act. He was, his career was done. It caught up with him. Uh, the Lord had departed him. All right. uh, he messed with sin. Whether he chose his faith by himself or not, I'm not sure. I know that he pleased himself and he trusted himself, and I know that he messed with sin. I think those are three pretty good reasons that Samson didn't do all that he could have done. Uh, whether he was a hero or failure, I don't know. I lean a little toward failure. I don't think he was all that he could be. All right, now, that's Samson's story. Why have we talked for a week and a half about Samson? Because hopefully there's something in there we can apply to ourselves. Now, there's something we can see here that might help us in our faith walking. Uh, we've had a good beginning to one degree or another. Uh, we're in the right place. Or we're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to be serving God. We're supposed to be beginning to at least to defeat the enemy. So can we learn anything from our friend Samson here? Well, first question would be, have you chosen your own faith? And it's tempting here to talk just to young people. You know, it's more uh, probably more a prevalent question or a more germane question to ask young people, have you chosen your own faith? may not be time yet. You know, every kid's different and uh, they think differently and come to being serious at different times. But at some point you've got to choose your own faith. Those of you that have been raised in a good godly home and taught the right things and uh, had expectations set and all for all you, that's good. That's a great way to live life, but you still got to choose for yourself. But there's some older ones that need to ask that question too, probably. Of why do you believe what you believe? You know, why do you do what you do? If you can't answer that, if you can't discuss that with other people and... Uh, not argue, but explain it to other people. If you can't give a reason for the hope that is in you, other than, well, that's what mommy and daddy said, you're in a heap of trouble. Things aren't going to go well at some point. You've got to choose your own. There, there are, and it goes beyond just choosing which God you trust or how you trust God. I think, I think it's true of life in some ways. There are, there are eternal truths. There's absolute truth. There's some things that they just are because that's the way God set them up. 
But there's other things that you might call them tradition or you might call them habit or you might call them something. But a lot of them are the way they are because that's what works in this old world. You know, and some generations come along and think, well, basically every generation comes along and says, you know, well, I'm going to do things different. Yeah, and we see that in the church sometimes. We, we see a cycle of things where, well, they've done that forever, let's change that. Well, change is okay, but there's some things that are done a certain way because they're effective and they work best. You know, society has figured a few things out. I'm not saying society's got everything right. I'm not saying a church has everything right. But when we come to make choices, we've got to think about both of those things. There's some eternal truths that, yeah, we've got to decide, why do I believe that there's a God? Why do I believe that Jesus was his son? Why do I believe Jesus died for me? Not just because mom and dad told me so. I got to know. I got to understand that. But beyond those eternal truths, there's some practices, some traditions, some other things that are the way they are because they work. Uh, I used to be in the business world and I went to a number of different jobs and uh, promotions or plants and different places and, and when I would go in and I, and I saw managers that would go in someplace and say oh, I'm going to change everything you know we're going to do it my way well maybe that would work <laughs> but I always kind of thought okay th- there are some basics I know about manufacturing and I'm going to make sure we practice those you know, there, there's some basic ways of treating people and, and dealing with people and just running a plant that I know these things and we're going to do those. But there's another area of things of the way that they do something at a certain plant or in a certain department or what. There's a reason they do it that way. Okay, Sometimes it, it's wrong and it does need to be changed, but you can't just throw everything out without thinking through it. Yeah. Okay, there's a reason that habit developed or that tradition developed. And like I say, it may be wrong, but you've got to think about it. You can't just go in and throw everything out. That's that way in life. You've got to know the difference between the eternal truths and the, the traditions and all that. But before you throw everything out, think about it a little bit. Uh, but the main part is what I'm talking about is choosing your faith. You've got to understand. Because... When you get to college, you're going to run into folks. I mean, doing high school too and junior high, but especially when you get to college, you're going to start getting people that question things, uh, skeptics that say, well, why do you believe that? And if you don't know, if you hadn't thought through it, you know, you're in trouble. You got to think through it. You got to understand your beliefs and your faith and who you trust and why. So let's use Samson as an example and do better than he did, perhaps. A uh, second question I'd ask, or second lesson I would propose for faith walking, uh, who are you trying to please? Yeah, I gave you two extremes. Samson, who basically said, I always do what pleases me. If I want that Philistine girl, you go get her for me. 
Uh, if you make me mad, I'll go kill a bunch of you. And the other extreme is Jesus who said, I always, every time, do what pleases the Father. Yeah. And we're not at that extreme. We're never going to get to that extreme. We still choose sometimes to do what pleases us, but can't be all the time. We've we got to get closer and closer to that. And in our faith walking, that ought to be our goal. You know, when we, we've talked about holiness before, and uh, I kind of stress this point, that that's why Jesus was sinless, was because he was holy. And what holy means is he was completely separated to God. And that what, what that means is he didn't always want what God wanted, but when it came to a decision, he always chose what God wanted. That's how separated he was. Okay. Classic example. He got to the garden. He said, God, I don't want to do this. I would like some other way. But if there is no other way, if this is really what you want, I'll do it. And that seems like a huge cosmic choice, and it was. But we've got that choice every hour, every day. You know, sometimes I want exactly what God wants. It's kind of easy then <laughs> to do it, but sometimes I don't want what God wants. And and this point of, of who am I pleasing and am I trying to be set apart and all that, that's what it comes down to is choosing on this point. What do I want to do? What does God want me to do? Will I choose what he wants me to do? We ought to do that a whole lot more than we choose to do ourselves. Samson, I think, leaned toward himself a whole lot more. All right, last lesson or question. Uh, how about sin? Do you flee from it? I mean, that's what the Bible says. Flee from the very appearance of evil. Or do you see how close you can get to it? You see if you can get away with it one more time. That's what Samson did. He did what pleased himself, and he always got away with it. So he just kept getting closer and closer until he got locked into their city, until he got trapped in Delilah's bedroom, and pretty soon the party was over. And that's two attitudes. Uh, Sometimes somebody will come in and uh, ask for counsel about something or ask a question about a certain practice or behavior or something, and... You can see two different attitudes pretty clearly. One attitude is, I've decided I want to do this. And can you tell me exactly why I shouldn't? You can't show me a scripture that says why I shouldn't. I'm going to do this anyway. And the other attitude is, I want to stay as far away from anything that displeases God as possible. I don't even get close to it. Can you help me understand what God wants me to do in this situation? Very different attitudes, and there's hardly anybody in between. (laughs) It's pretty much those two examples in life. So, which side are you on? Do you flee from sin, or do you try to get as close to it as you can get? Okay, hopefully those will help us in in our faith walking. The example of Samuel, whether he was a hero or a failure, I'll let you decide that, but he still teaches us some lessons, one either way. 
Uh, the lesson is yours tonight. We're going to sing a song of invitation as we always do in case there's someone here that uh, needs to talk to this congregation about something or put Christ on in baptism. If you have any public need, we're going to invite you to come. Let's stand and sing.